0: The original followers of Jesus were known as disciples. They also embraced this title of being called a disciple. If you are a follower of Jesus, that is your title as well. And when we break down that word disciple, we will find discipline at the root of it. We're going to discover that it is not only those who follow Jesus who employ discipline in their life, but it is Jesus himself who models a disciplined life for us. In today's show, we are going to look at the secret of discipline in the life of Jesus. We are going to discover three keys that we can employ and implement to cultivate discipline into our daily routines. Let's Get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Hey guys, welcome to today's show, We are going to be talking about discipline today, and not just discipline in the broad sense of the word, but we're going to look at discipline in the life of Jesus. Now, we said it at the outset of the show, the followers of Jesus were known as disciples. So, we can see the word discipline inherently built in to the word disciple. So, if you are following Jesus I'm not just talking about you have accepted him or you said a prayer. I'm talking about someone who is traveling the same road, someone who is following him in his footsteps as he leads us and calls us and guides us to be the men that we are called and created to be. If that is you, then you are on the path of a disciple and a disciple's life will be marked with discipline. So let me tell you what I found when I went to the dictionary to see how they are defining discipline and they have it as discipline is the quality of being able to behave and work in a controlled way, which involves obeying particular rules or standards. One of the ways I define discipline is the ability to delay gratification I'll actually say this. We see this in the life of all the disciples, in the life of Jesus himself, that the ability to forfeit immediate pleasure for a greater goal will be the hallmark of those who carry the title of disciple. This thing is about delaying gratification. We're talking about discipline for passing over what is pleasurable right now and maintaining discipline so we can have the greater later. So, there was an experiment done at Stanford University in 1972. You may be familiar with this, but in case you're not, let me just give you the quick highlights. It was called the Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, and they really looked at this process of delayed gratification. So, what they did was they took these children and they gave them access to marshmallows, and the rules of the study were along these lines – put the marshmallows in front of the children. These kids are dying to eat these marshmallows and they have to stare at the marshmallow and here's the rules. They're allowed to eat them whenever they want. However, if they can hold back and delay gratification and delay eating that marshmallow when it's right in front of them, they will be rewarded with more marshmallows after a set amount of time. So you get the gist of this. Basically, the temptation is right in front of them and they're being told, you can have it, you can have it now and you can enjoy it. However, if you can delay that gratification, if you can stare at it and you can deal with not giving in to pleasure in the moment, you will be rewarded with more marshmallows. So they are obviously assessing and testing discipline and the ability to overcome temptation in these kids' lives. And let me tell you what they found and what were the results of this study. They actually tracked these kids for something like up to 30 years. We are seeing here that this test has become synonymous with temptation, willpower, and grit. Uh, For example, the study showed that a child's ability to delay eating the first treat predicted a higher SAT score, also predicted a lower BMI, a lower body mass index, 30 years after their initial marshmallow test. So what can we take away from this? These kids employ discipline. And the kids that were more disciplined and had the ability to show restraint and self-discipline in the face of temptation set themselves up for success later in life. It actually was a trait they cultivated. They could see the prize. They could see the reward of what they were going to get in the long term if they could overcome this short, pleasurable treat right in front of them. And it turned out that these kids cultivated willpower, grit, And what we are examining as discipline and it led to a more successful life where they accomplished more. They were leaner. They had better paying jobs. They earned higher income, higher wages. And this is all proven. And this is all results of the study. If you want to look at it, you can Google the Stanford marshmallow experiment. So we can see from that, that employing discipline is healthy. It's something we all should do, but I want to look at it in the context of being a disciple. So before we dive into what discipline looks like in the life of Jesus, let's just talk about what a non-discipline life is. What does it look like to live a life that's lacking discipline, where you're living for yourself? You're just living to gratify your impulses of the flesh. You're living for whatever is pleasurable in the moment. And we can see this right now. If we even look at just our eating habits, if we look at obesity rates, we can see that people that just live for themselves with no restraint, And not holding back on anything has led to skyrocketing obesity rates, even in our physical realm. And this crosses over into many other realms because discipline applies to every area of our life. The Bible also tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season. And if you think about that, sin is pleasurable to give into something, to engage in a sinful act is something that gratifies what we call as Christians, our flesh our outer man, or our natural man, those impulses and the will that's left over from the natural cravings of the flesh. However, when we became Christians, we received a brand new nature and we are still working that out with allowing the Lord to crucify the fleshly part of us. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples, if you're going to be my disciple and follow me, you must pick up your cross daily. And picking up your cross daily is denying yourself. It's denying that self-will, that willpower within yourself that wants to do the pleasurable thing that wants to take the easy road, that wants to cut a corner. And when we do that, and we live that life of self-sacrifice in many different areas, and as sons, we're led by the Lord. So he highlights what those areas are in our life specifically. And when we obey and we follow him, that is also known as picking up our cross. Let me just say one more thing about living for yourself and living a lifestyle by the impulses of your flesh and by just giving in and chasing fleeting pleasures. Whatever feels good in the moment, whatever tastes good in the moment, whatever you feel like doing, just do it. This is a message that's popular in the world right now. If it brings you happiness, go for it. There's no governing authority in the life of someone who just does whatever their will is to do in the moment. Just follow my passion, follow what will bring me happiness, follow wherever I want to go because I want it. I want it now. I want it my way and nothing's going to stop me. And that is the context for an undisciplined life. Let's look at what King Solomon says about laziness because he actually writes in the book of Proverbs, a lot of scripture and a lot of instruction not to be lazy. And we have multiple scriptures and passages about the lazy man and the man who's slothful. And we know this is a major sin in the eyes of the Lord. And it's something Solomon warned against. And Solomon is someone we should listen to because King Solomon was known to be the richest man on earth. So he was gifted with Unearthly wisdom, and he was a great steward of everything the Lord placed within his hand, expanding his kingdom. He also made some bad decisions later in his life, but we can learn a lot from the wisdom that he shares in the book of Proverbs. And King Solomon states, The lazy man desires and gets nothing. So ultimately, not employing discipline in different areas of your life will lead to a lot of desires, but you don't necessarily actualize those desires. You end up getting nothing. It's pleasurable for the moment, but because you cannot delay gratification, you end up short-sighted without self-sacrifice, without working, without storting, without managing properly your time, your resources, your gifts, your skills, and your abilities, and you don't get the desire of your heart. You know, when I think about a people group that live for themselves and seek pleasure, and want to do whatever they want to do, I think of children. Because this is the behavior of children. This is immature behavior. And let me tell you guys something right now. When we come into the Christian life, When we are born again, when we enter and become fully alive in the spiritual realm, realizing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and deciding to follow him, we come in as babies. We are regenerated, we are reborn, but we still have to go through a maturing process. And similarly to what we see in the lives of children who grow and mature in different phases and stages of their life, we follow a similar pattern with our spiritual growth. Growth. No one is born spiritually a full-fledged adult. When you accepted and made Jesus the Lord of your life, you came into this thing as an infant. We actually see in the book of Hebrews that the writer addresses them and says, I wish that you were more mature, but you have not grown. You should be eating meat at this point, but instead I have to give you milk. So we can see implied there there is a maturation, there is a maturing that must take place in the life of every believer, but it's not guaranteed because it happens through obedience. And one of the ways that we walk out our obedience is by exhibiting a disciplined lifestyle. Immaturity leads to an undisciplined life. Children are undisciplined. And on the flip side, When you go from a child of God to becoming a son of God, yes, there is a difference between a child of God and a son of God. And I will break that down in a future episode. But for now, I want you to know that a hallmark of sonship, a hallmark of being conformed into the image of Christ is going to be this fruit of discipline in your life. So let's just look at a few ways that Jesus models discipline. So not only are his followers called and known as disciples, a title they willfully embrace, he is the one who lived and modeled a life of discipline. And guys, we can learn so much from the life of Jesus and what he goes through. And I am just going to touch on a few highlights here. His life is inexhaustible. It's undiscoverable. We could spend hours and hours and still not Fully express everything that we see in the life of Jesus. So, this is an abbreviated list of a few things that jump out in the life of Christ of where and how he exhibits discipline that you and I can learn from. And stick with me here because I'm going to give you three keys that Jesus uses in his life and that we can apply in our life as well. Hey guys, if you are enjoying this podcast, I'm going to invite you, please follow the show, leave us a five-star rating, and please write us a review. Actually, you can tell me in the review what you would like to see discussed or what you like or dislike about the episodes that we're producing. I wanna hear from you and your ratings and your reviews help the podcast get found by more men. Also, if you know someone that could benefit from listening to this message, please share it with them. So let's review just a few bullet points of where and how we see discipline implemented in the life of Jesus. So the first thing we can recognize in the life of Jesus with his discipline is that he humbled himself. He embraces extreme humility by leaving heaven and coming to earth and walking the earth as a man. He is the son of God. He's also known as the son of man. And he puts on a human flesh and blood body and becomes what the scripture calls a bond servant walking among us, and ministering to the people. That is a picture of extreme discipline that God would leave his throne and enter the earth. He also embraces the path of a son. We talked about sonship. Well, Jesus exhibits sonship by submitting himself to the will of his Father. First of all, his priority is submitting himself to the will of his heavenly father. He enters the earth and he is in full submittance. And his whole life, we will see him submitting to the will of God in his life as he walks out his journey on earth. He actually says he doesn't even do the will of himself. He only does the will of his father. Let's also mention that he was in obedience and submitted to his earthly father, Joseph. There's no question that Jesus was a well-disciplined child, that he was honorable, and that he walked out his position in that family as a submitted son, because Jesus would understand authority and understand family. So he would be submitted to the will of his heavenly father first and foremost, but that also manifested with him being an obedient son in the family he was placed into. We also see the example of discipline through his blue-collar work. Yes, we know that Jesus worked as a builder. On last week's episode, we talked about how Jesus is a builder, he worked as a physical builder, and he is still building today. And those years of blue collar work, those years of submitting himself to the process to walk among the ordinary people would take extreme discipline. Showing up, putting in the work, day in and day out when he feels like it. And yeah, you better believe there were days that I'm sure Jesus would prefer to sleep in because he was a human, because he had the whole range of emotions that you and I have, because he lived his life as the son of man. He could fully relate to everything, every temptation, every feeling that you and I are tempted with and that we encounter. Jesus encountered those as well, except he was sinless. When we start to look at Jesus as he makes his transition into his season of ministry, he uses extreme discipline in the way he ministers for long periods of time. Jesus and the disciples step onto the scene and they're thrust into a public ministry for over three years. And during that time period, he does not get a lot of rest. And during that time period, he is thrust onto the stage of the world. People are watching. People are listening. People are following. When you dig into the gospel accounts, as I was writing the standard and looking at the life of Jesus, I would see that he started early in the morning. He was in his quiet time. He would become interrupted. And then it would be a nonstop day of ministry. He would travel. He would preach. The crowds would gather around. They would press in. They would try and touch him. They would not leave him alone. He tried to get away and go into the boat. The day was over. Ministry was done that day, and they kept pressing in for more. And this was the way he lived for three years, giving out, ministering, pouring out his life to serve the people around him. That is extremely self-sacrificial to always be putting other people first, even when it's encroaching on the time you wanna have with your disciples, even when it's encroaching on your physical rest and the strain that places on you because of the physical exertion of speaking in a day and age with no microphone, no PA system, and the prayer and the laying on of hands and the ministering and the giving out of food to the people that followed him, everywhere he went that is a picture of discipline jesus also restrained himself when he could have acted in his own will there's many times that jesus would be pressed and tempted to step out of the will of god for his life and to take action in his own hands and we know this from the 40 day trial period where the enemy will test him and ask him and request him and tempt him to step out of his calling and the submission that he has to his father, and he doesn't do it. Later in his ministry, the Pharisees will continue to hound him, to follow him everywhere he goes, to mock him, and to pressure him and test him to step out of where he is supposed to be in that moment of his assignment and show them a miracle, do something that would be out of the will of his father, and he never takes the bait. He never does it. He always stays in perfect submission as the perfect son. This is a life of discipline. And one of the highlights in the life of Jesus, where I see Jesus laying down his will in exchange for the will of his father, extreme discipline, is that agonizing moment in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's praying and he's crying out to his father, not my will, but your will be done. He did that for you, and he did that for me. And that discipline, that self-sacrifice brings him to the cross. It brings him to the cross to pay a price that no one could pay for you and for me. We talked about discipline in the life of Jesus. I want to give you three keys that I observe and that I found that fuel the discipline in the life of Jesus and that we can use and implement and apply in our lives as well. So number one, Jesus had a clear vision. Guys, if you want more discipline in your life, think about that area that you're going after it in. You need to have a vision of where you wanna be. Jesus has a very clear vision of going to the cross and actually what's beyond the cross because of the reward. The scripture says that Jesus went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. That is the vision, the picture of bringing many sons to glory, the picture of paying a ransom that no one else could pay, the picture of a family reunited and together through the blood of his cross, and that resurrection power, that was the vision that fueled Jesus as he walks to the cross. Extreme submittance and discipline to follow the will of his father. What's your vision? If you need more discipline, you most likely need a bigger and clearer vision. Okay, number two, Jesus made a decision to follow and submit to the will of his father think about that. He made the decision before the discipline. The decision always precedes the discipline. You don't try and implement discipline in your life without deciding that you're first going after it. Guys, it comes down to commitment. If you are just employing discipline for discipline's sake, you will fail every time. If you don't have a bigger vision, and if you actually haven't made the decision to be disciplined, the decision to go after that thing that is in your line of sight, you will give in the temptation. You will burn out and lose willpower. Jesus had a very clear vision, but he also made a decision and your decision precedes your discipline. Okay. Number three, the discipline of Jesus flowed out of his devotion to his father. You saw it in those examples I just gave you. Your discipline will be an outworking of the devotion you have to God. Think about it for a minute. If you are really disciplined in an area, it's because you not only decided to follow and commit in a certain area of life, but there is a devotion. There's a love. There's a joy of why you want to stick with this, of why you want to go after it. And Jesus was disciplined in his life because of the devotion he had to his father. Let me say it another way. I'll give you another example. I don't cheat on my wife because I am devoted to her. Because I love her, it's easy to be disciplined in that area because I'm devoted to her. If I'm not devoted to her, then there will be more temptations that I will have to deal with. But because I love my wife, because I honor her, because I cherish her, because I'm devoted to her, I will not leave. I am disciplined to stay with her because my devotion fuels my discipline, and that discipline impacts my decision-making processes. So guys, a quick recap for us. You can start implementing this in your life right now. You must have a vision. What is that thing you're going after? You need to see it clearly before you can start implementing daily disciplines. That will be successful. You also need to understand that your decision precedes the discipline. Have you truly decided and committed to go after that vision that's in your heart? When you do, that decision will always come before the implementation of discipline. And number three, your discipline will be an outworking of the devotion you have to it. And what we're talking about on this show, as we develop ourselves to be the kingdom men that we are called to be aligned with God's will for our life and pursuing the highest calling that he has for us, we don't stray, we don't break. We stay with our allegiance pledged to Jesus because we are devoted to Jesus and that devotion Fuels our discipline. And I want to tell you if the chain breaks and you fail, we get up because we have a loving Lord who forgives us and restores us. So despite falling, despite failing, despite a break in our chain of discipline, we get back up because we know that He restores us, that He's a loving Savior, He's a Father, and we still stay in that position as a son. So guys, take this episode, decide, commit. And succeed. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor if you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.